Praise the name of the Lord. This is D.K. Jones with Rock Solid Truth, and I'm so glad that each and every one of you has joined with us tonight for our Rock Solid Truth broadcast. And then while you, uh, we are waiting, just turn to your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Amen. I want you to know today that if nobody has told you, you are awesome. You are more than a conqueror. I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ has dictated that to you and has told you that you are more than a conqueror. Amen. It's up to us to walk in the revelation of that knowledge. What a glorious word that it is. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today that the mighty name of Jesus Christ shall be exalted. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the lives of your people. I'll give you all the praise and all of the glory, thanking you in advance in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and all of God's people said, Amen. We have been dealing with uh, John chapter 16, verse 8, for a number of weeks now, and if you got your Bibles, turn there if you will, please. I've got some things that I want to share with you tonight that I believe shall help you tremendously. John chapter 16, verse 8, and we are dealing with the function and the operation of the Holy Ghost in our lives. John 16, 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. This is Jesus speaking, and what he is saying is that when the Holy Ghost comes, we're talking about Jesus being ascending to his Father, and he's saying when the Holy Ghost comes, he will reprove the world of sin. Now, I have spent the last couple of weeks showing you and revealing to you how the Holy Spirit reproves not only the world of sin, but also how he reproves believers of sin. I've also showed you that the Holy Ghost does not convict anyone of individual sin. That is so powerful and so important. He does not convict anyone of individual sin. If you have committed individual sin, he's not going to reprove you of that sin. He only reproves the world of one sin, and that sin is unbelief. Now, tonight I'm going to deal with verse 10, because it is, it is powerfully important. Verse 10, John chapter 16. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Now, once again, I need to deal with this. Most of God's children believe that the function and the operation of the Holy Spirit is to convict us. And in that convicting us, it's to make us feel miserable because of our individual sin. That's what the multitude of the church believes. And the reason that they believe that, because they believe that it's the holy job, the whole, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to show us how unrighteous that we really are, how unholy that we are, so that we will stop doing the very things that are unholy and carnal and start living righteously. 
I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I have witnessed in the church when people have went to the altar, and you see no joy at that altar. You see only travailing, weeping, crying, uh, people that are really, really miserable trying to get forgiveness for something that they've done. Because that's how most believe, and that's what most believe the Holy Ghost does. So that you will stop doing what you're doing, that's wrong, so that you will not be judged. That's what multitudes of people believe. The Word of God is proclaiming just the opposite. He convicts us of the single sin, which is unbelief, verse 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me. Now look at verse 10. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. The Word of God does not tell us that the Holy Spirit is going to convict us of of unrighteousness. It says that what he's going to do is to convict us of righteousness. Well, that's a powerful, powerful word. He does not tell us The Scripture does not tell us that the Holy Ghost is going to convict us of unrighteousness. It says that he's going to convict us of righteousness. Now, I believe that these three things that the Holy Ghost does, reproving of sin, reproving of righteousness, and reproving of judgment, are always going to be done at the same time, not individually. He is reproving of one of these things, then he's reproving of all three things. And he'd say it again. If he is reproving of one of these things, then he's reproving of all three things. Now let me explain this to you. When the Holy Ghost shows you an area in your life that you've not been trusting Jesus in, then the Holy Ghost shows you an area that unbelief is present. And our natural tendency when we see that, when we see that we've been being wrong and unbelief is present, we have a natural tendency to condemn ourselves. I'll say that again. Our natural tendency is to condemn ourselves when we see areas in our life that we've been wrong and where unbelief is present. That's what we do. You can see it in the lives of, the, of multitudes of people. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Notice what the scripture is saying. That if your heart condemns you, because that's exactly what your heart will do is to condemn you, God is greater than your heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. When our hearts condemn us, the Word of God is telling us that God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. In other words, you should not be listening to the condemnation that your heart is throwing at you. The Scripture says that God is greater than your heart 
and knoweth all things. If you are a born-again child of God, amen, then his relationship with you is not about condemning you. He's given you the ministry of reconciliation. If your heart condemns you not, then you have confidence towards God. How powerful is that? If your heart does not condemn you, then the Word of God is telling you that you've got confidence. So the the thing that we want to do in our lives is get rid of the condemnation. Because without the condemnation, the Word of God tells us that we have confidence. Our natural tendency is to condemn ourselves to believe that God can no longer use us. Wow, that is so powerful. That is so important because this is what your heart does. Your heart will tell you that you've been so bad that God can't use you anymore. Your heart will tell you that you've lost your salvation, and Satan will tell you that as well. Satan will tell you a multitude of things. Your heart will tell you the same thing, and your conscience will even will even uh, agree with what's been said by Satan in your heart. Our natural tendency is to condemn ourselves and believe that God no longer can use us. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1. I hope you're getting this because this is a powerful word to every single one of you that are listening. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The word condemnation is a word that implies it's no longer suitable to be used. That's what the word condemnation means. It suggests that you are no longer suitable to be used. If a building is condemned, that piece of paper on the door or on the side of the wall is saying that this structure, this building, is no longer suitable to be used for anything. That is where the, This is the place where most of God's children go when they've been reproved over an area in their life where they're not trusting Jesus. Condemnation means that you feel you no longer fit to be used for the kingdom of God. That's what condemnation does. It makes you feel like you are no longer fit to be used for the kingdom of God. It makes you feel unworthy to be used, unfit to be used, because you feel the condemnation, just as if somebody placed that piece of paper on your shirt and said you are condemned. The Word of God is very, very clear that there is to be therefore no no condemnation to them that are in the Christ Jesus. So what the Holy Spirit does is that once he shows you the single sin of unbelief that is present in your life, then he will come and show you that you are still the righteousness of God and that you have no shame. Well, that is so powerful. So powerful. Once the Holy Ghost shows you or approves you of this sin of unbelief, then he comes and he shows you that you are the righteousness of God and that you have no shame. He builds you up and brings you to the place for you to have confidence so that condemnation is not present. Are you hearing me, church? Are you hearing me? 
There is no putting you on a shelf. I've heard so many preachers say that God will put you on a shelf if he can't use you. I want to tell you that that is not possible because God is the only one. We are the only ones that God can use. I'll say that again. We are the only ones on this earth that God can use. All the promises of God are yea and amen unto the glory of God by us. His love is not conditional according to your performance. He does not love you more when you do right and less when you do wrong. I'll say that again. He does not love you more when you do right and less when you do wrong. The tragedy is that very few of God's children have revelation concerning this revelation. You see, when the church speaks about righteousness, many believe that righteousness is doing that which is right. In other words, we're talking about right actions, actions that are right, actions that uh, people approve of because they're positive. There are two, I want you to get this, there are two types of righteousness. Look at Romans chapter 9, verse 30. Romans chapter 9, verse 30. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So here's what the Scripture is telling you. It's telling you that there are two types of righteousness. A righteousness associated with the law, which is a righteousness of works. And there's the, and then there's the righteousness that comes by faith. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So the Word of God is describing to you two types of righteousness. One that is based upon your actions, and one that is based upon faith. Now, listen carefully because this is important. So, tell me, Pastor, do I need the righteousness of action or things that I do? Yes, you need them. Because you need to understand that it's very difficult to have a marriage based on grace. I need to say that again. It's very difficult to have a marriage based on grace. There are going to be very few people who are going to love you simply because 
of God's grace. If your actions are not right in your marriage, then your marriage is going to suffer. If your husband's actions are not right in your marriage, then your marriage is going to suffer. If your actions are not right in your relationships with other people, then your relationships are going to suffer. If you do not do the things which is right towards other people in society, then your relationships with these other people are going to suffer. Because there are always consequences to those things that are wrong. So, yes, you do need self-righteousness or self-right things, self-right actions. You do need those things in order to have relationships with other people. But when it comes to God, your self-right actions mean nothing. What does that really mean? Well, if you wear your hair a certain way simply because it, in this world it denotes holiness means nothing. If you wear your dress all the way to the floor and your and and your uh, sleeves are all the way to your your fingers and your collar is so tight around your neck that it's hard for you to breathe simply because you think that it's a holiness it means absolutely nothing. If you wear your hair long simply because it's a sign of holiness it means absolutely nothing to God. That's what I'm telling you. With people, self-right things count. With God, they do not. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. You cannot be relating to God on self-right acts and righteousness based on faith at the same time. It cannot happen. You cannot be doing both kinds of righteousness at the same time. You either relate to God based upon your own actions, which will get you nowhere with God, or you relate to God on the basis of faith, which he is the only way that it's the only attainable way to get to him. The only way to enter in to him is through grace by faith. You do need to do self-right actions with people. But with God, they'll get you nowhere. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. I say it, I need to say it one more time because it's just powerful. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. In order to walk in the righteousness of God, you have to submit unto the righteousness that comes by faith. Only by faith can you attain to that righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I want to tell you that denomination means nothing. I don't care whether you, who you call yourself, whether it's Catholic, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Church of God, Assembly of God. I don't care what you call yourself. It means absolutely nothing to God. Because God does not look upon the stature of man or who he is or where he goes to church. God looks on the heart. If you are born again, you have been made righteous. You have been created righteous, and there's absolutely no way that you can earn that righteousness. It's a gift from God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. And that you put on the new man. Who is that new man? That new man is your born-again man. That brand new man that's never been created before. And the Word of God is telling you to put on that new man. Now look how it's been created, after which God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You don't have to make yourself righteous. You already are. You don't have to make yourself holy. You already are. There's nothing, if you are a born-again child of God, there is nothing that you can do. Yes, you will fail. Yes, you will say things that you don't mean. Yes, you will say things that you don't even intend to mean. But the fact of the matter is, is that your new man, when you become born again, is righteousness and true holiness, and it doesn't matter how long you've been saying these things that are not good for you. Put on the new man which is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's what the Word of God is telling you. Now listen to me very carefully. If your actions do not line up with God's standard, if the things that come out of your mouth do not line up with God's standard, if the things that you do do not line up with God's standard, then you need to know that you're still the righteousness of God. Oh, my goodness. How powerful is that? You need to know that you are still the righteousness of God, and you need to know that you are still in right standing with God, not because of who you are, because of what he has done inside of you. You're born again, child of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Accepted in the Beloved. And I will tell you that if you do not see Jesus and the Holy Spirit in this light, what I have been bringing to you for the last 20 minutes, then I can tell you and I can guarantee you that your relationship with the Holy Spirit is in relationship based in error. I'll say it again. If you do not see and you do not witness the Holy Spirit and Jesus in the way that I have just been bringing to you in the past 25 minutes, I will guarantee you that your relationship with the Holy Spirit is a relationship based in error, and you are full of condemnation and you are full of unworthiness. And that goes to show you that you're based in error. How do you expect 
the truth to make you free if you're not living in the truth. One more time. How can you how can the truth make you free if you're not living in the truth? Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today that the mighty name of Jesus Christ shall be exalted. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, because there are people on this line tonight who need to hear the awesome revelation, the too-good-to-be-true news of your salvation. You died for each and every one of us, and you died for the truth to make us free. You died that we might live in the righteousness and the true holiness of all this, of everything you've imparted to us. And I thank you and I praise you, Lord. I stand on your word thanking you in advance for ears to hear and eyes to see. I'm so glad that each and every one of you have joined with us tonight for the Rock Solid Truth broadcast. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth. Go with God, and he will surely go with you.